You are tuned in to a fireside chat with Zany Mystic. Join us now on another exciting metaphysical journey. Relax, tune in, drop out, and take a seat by the fire as we explore new realms and possibilities. This is Magenta Pixie. You can find me at magentapixie.weebly.com. But now, here is Zany Mystic and guest. Enjoy the show. Greetings, and welcome back to a fireside chat with the Zany Mystic. I'm your host, Lance White. Tonight, I'm very happy to have a returning guest who is Judy Carroll. Judy was born in Queensland, Australia in 1952. Her background is Creole, English, and Romani, which is gypsy. She left school to become a professional flamenco dancer, following in the footsteps of her grandmother, who was a dancer and clairvoyant medium in the Romani tradition. Judy feels that this background helped her to assimilate the encounters she's had with gray ETs since early childhood. Sixty years of these ongoing and at times fully conscious encounters has given her a deep insight into this phenomenon that is happening to many thousands of people worldwide. The ET visitors advised her to meditate so as to facilitate easier easier telepathic communication and to study Tai Chi and natural healing. In 2011, Judy attended a meeting on an ET ship that involved a discussion on the past and present situation on Earth, including the hijacking of the planet many many millennia ago. In light of this, she wrote a book on the ET history of Earth, the hijacking of the planet by a rebel force, and the subsequent manipulation of scriptural accounts of events that took place in the distant past. She has written three books, Human by Day, Zeta by Night, The Zeta Message, and her new book, which is just out, The Extraterrestrial Message. You can visit her website and find out more at www.ufograyinfo.com or meet her on Facebook. So let's welcome her back to the show now. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, Lance. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I couldn't always say that, but tonight I'm wonderful. That's um, right. It's nighttime over there, isn't it? I think it's about 7 o'clock, isn't it? Yes, it is. What time yeah. is it over there? About uh, two? M- Midday. Oh, right my on God. 12 noon. Oh, dear. Well, I'll have to remember that. <laughs> Are you in your pajamas? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I understand that you had a message recently uh, from the Greys, and it was an important message, and it's something that you'd like to talk about. So I'm just going to kind of let you, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you uh, tell us what the message is, and then we can uh, go into details about it uh, after we hear it. Uh, okay, Lance, that'd be good. Um, the message came through about three weeks ago, and um, the circumstances were my good friend and co-author, Helene Kay, was doing a Reiki treatment on an old friend of ours. Now, this friend was a tribal shaman in the last life who used to communicate with star people and acted as a bridge between them and his tribe. Now, he's now reincarnated as a female who's a very talented artist and astrologer and very attuned to the finer uh, interdimensional reality and, you know, 
we we have a lot to do with her. She's a close friend. She comes to us for Reiki. She gives us Reiki. So, you know, a lot of exchange of energy going on. Now, during this Reiki treatment, she was being given five small greys appeared at the foot of the table and then our ex-shaman friend went into a deep trance state and began speaking out the message, which was obviously being relayed by our grey friends who were in the room. Now, Helene, my co-author friend, has seen enough channeling and is very sensitive to energy, so she knows if it's real or not, and she said this was genuine. As she said, the energies in the room clearly changed, and the voice that spoke was very different from the woman's normal voice. Um, when, when the treatment um, was over, Helene gave her a paper and pen and left her alone to write the message down while it was still clear in her head. Now, this is the message, and they actually asked us to spread it as far and wide as we can. Okay. Many of you have been feeling the increased sensitivity, uh, sorry, density and heaviness of the energies around you on this planet. We are beings that exist beyond the astral realm and we wish to communicate a very important message to all of you who are aware and who work in the light. Much is being done around the planet to dissipate the negativity and heaviness that is at a crucial level right now on Earth. As light beings, our job is to dismantle this heavy energy and send it out into the universe where it is disintegrated. We wish to communicate that we are at a moment in evolution where the energies of the planet cannot be changed by our work alone. Such are the levels of negativity present. Many of you are feeling lost, alone, and have become merged with the lower frequencies currently building up around the Earth. We have an urgent message to all light workers. We need your help as we are at a crossroads in the evolution of the planet and we need those of you who are in physical form to ascend. By ascension, we need you to consciously call in your higher selves on a daily basis in order to dissipate the negative build-up. We ask you to practice calling in the higher self through meditation, Reiki or whatever means you wish and by consciously activating and joining with the highest beings of your and our greatest good. This daily or at least frequent practice of upliftment will enable us to continue our work as you will be aiding us. There is a wave of ascension energy making its way to earth. This will penetrate the sheath around earth to help with upliftments. If the negativity surrounding the planet is too heavy, this light cannot penetrate. Thus, we need the help of raising of consciousness of all concerned to unite and bring about these changes. Move away from fear, worries, pain and negativity and focus only on your higher self and highest good on a daily basis. We are all one. So if everyone does this, we aid the collective and thus the earth into her ascension. It is very important that this message is heeded and practiced. The time is now. Please spread this message far and wide. We embrace you with love and we await to receive your uplifted consciousness. Mm, That's wow. the message. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> Well, there's, there's no doubt that uh, the planet is mired in uh, fear-based uh, thought forms. Yeah. And yeah. mind control and every other form of uh, negativity that will uh, keep us 
uh, in the lower frequencies and uh, also not in our own uh, empowerment. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I know it's a big ask of people, um, but this is the real Armageddon situation that's, that's you know, in the process of happening right now. It's not an outer religious war, it's an inner war between love and fear. I mean, that's the bottom line. And mm -hmm. the more people who can come to a, a conscious understanding of this, the better. Right, right. Well, we can see, I think people can understand the battle between love and fear because they can see it so clearly in oh. all of the, you know, everywhere you look. That's you know, right. That's uh, right. Every day, you know, you listen to the news, you read the paper, you could see it happening the whole time. Well, and on top of that, one of my guests has been studying a false flag phenomenon for 30 or 35 years, and um, he has been able to uh, demonstrate that most of the <clears throat> incidents that occur, in, at least in the United States and in Europe as well, are the ones with uh, school shootings and, uh, oh, uh, you know, things being derailed or uh, bombs going off and things like that are all created by a, an international group that simply uh, enacts these things and they do it to create a, a level of terror and fear on the planet. Oh, look, Lance, that is absolutely right. That's what I read, uh, I've spoken about in my, my latest book, Extraterrestrial Presence on Earth. I speak about this group in detail, um, oh. explaining to people who they are. I, I refer to them as the controllers, mm -hmm. and yes, they're very much in charge down here, mm -hmm. and they basically feed off fear. I mean, yes. you know, that, that's why they, they create as much as they can. Yes, Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting, you know, we don't think of uh, fear as being food, but then we don't think of ourselves as being food either, that our emotions, right. our full That's range right. of emotions, uh, war, the, the emotion of worship, for instance, uh, say for the Pope or any religious figure or a political figure or even a movie star, that is all harvested and that goes to a particular group that feeds on it. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I think the more people can be woken to this, I mean, really, you know, that, that is the awakening process that needs to go on because this group have controlled humanity for millennia. You know, people need to come to an understanding of what's going on really down here and how brainwashed humanity is, has, has been for mm -hmm. so long. Are they, uh, they're not Earth-based, are they? I mean, Yes, they are. Oh, they yes, are, they but are, are they... Uh, extraterrestrial in origin or they were originally but no they're earth humans um i go into great detail on this in in my new book um what i'll do i'll just i'll just talk a little bit about the new book because okay, good. it ex basically explains the whole thing um the two human there's two human cultures that i mainly cover in this book and one of them is a reptoid human species who were first developed on earth by the draconians during the time of the dinosaurs that's this controller group and modern day humanity which is modern man now these reptoids i actually call them reptarians um to differentiate them from off-planet reptoid people because they are an earth human species they were developed by the draconians from a dinosaur species back then um, many many millennia ago whereas modern day humans were a later species developed using mammalian primate stock but they still retain a reptilian part of the brain from the earlier culture i mean science acknowledges this 
Um, both groups, of course, have off-planet genetics in their makeup. Um, and in the book, I talk about the different creator races that were involved in this work and where the interference occurred that's still impacting on humanity today. Mm-hmm. Um, there are descriptions of several of the star groups with information on the Zetas and Greys, as well as the various reptilian races and others who are responsible for seeding human life on Earth. Um, what this, this group did, they um, looked upon themselves as a, an older, more evolved human species than modern man. So mm-hmm. they basically... Um, hijacked the planet. They took control of the planet, chased all the other ET people away, Mm -hmm. and they still continue to incarnate down here, so they're Mm -hmm. still present now. Um, They're the Anunnaki. Ah, okay. People are familiar with that term. Yeah. Yeah. So their bloodlines still run very strongly down here. So all this interference and and things going on is coming from right here, um, but at the same time, there's um, fake-type ET interaction going on, what they, they refer to as a MyLabs, the military abductions. Yeah, right. um, these controllers are behind them because what they're doing, they're trying to cause people to fear the genuine ETs, um, mm-hmm. including the Greys, right. who have been coming here since after World War Two, when those bombs were, were let off in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, which alerted the off-planet people that nuclear energy had been invented down here, so it was time for them to intervene because, you know, that, that impacts off-planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the uh, uh, off-planet ET started really, you know, campaigning and coming back here after World War II, which is when the controllers then stepped up their fear campaign to make people scared of the genuine ones because they don't mm-hmm. want them coming in to help people out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's basically mm-hmm. what's going on. Well, now, I've heard that there are some elements in the Anunnaki who are not with the program, that are against the program that the, the, the bulk of the Anunnaki is, is uh, manifesting here on Earth and that are kind of um, dissenting uh, voices. Well, they probably don't say too much, but they might quietly be working in the background. Do you think that that's a possibility? Oh, yes, look, for sure. Um but no race can be all put into the the bad basket. I right. mean, all the you know there are different levels of evolution, and some of the Anunnaki are very good people. They're helping. They you know they realise what's happened, and they've come back down here to try and help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, for sure, uh, and and many of them down here who are waking up too are are working well. on the positive side because they're an older human race. They're very um, caring towards the planet, and mm-hmm. some of the ones who are into the environmental movement are oh. ex Anunnaki people because you know of course they care about the planet and they care about humanity. Mm. Now um, I don't know where uh, they would fit in, but the archons are mentioned frequently too in the scheme of things. Yes, yeah, well, they're part of that, they were part of that negative group. Right. They've got several different names for them. Hmm. Also, they're also known as a cabal, that's another term for the them. cabal. Archons, yeah, lower lords, I think I've read that term somewhere <laughs> as well. Lord, yes, uh, lord, lord, time lords and lords of reincarnation, and, uh, or of incarnation. And what does the name Illuminati actually mean these days? 
Yeah, well, that's another term. I think, again, there's two applications of it. Um, I know that that's another term that's used for this this controller group, the mm. Illuminati. But I think there's also another connotation to do with people who are starting to wake up to the light. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it gets very, very confusing. It's oh, extremely yeah. confusing. <laughs> no wonder people don't re- realize what's going on. Well, then, of course, to... Uh to uh, reel in all the Satanists and the Christians, you know, there's a whole Satanic movement that has been created, and uh, some people claim that that's just artificial intelligence manifesting different uh, bad guys just to confuse us. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, that, that wouldn't surprise me, because, yeah. Um, yeah, the technology that's available down here is far, far more than people realize. Um, for example, um, I have a friend who was an ex-NASA employee mm-hmm. going back to the oh, 1960s, 1970s, and she was telling me that um, technology was invented right back in about 1956 that enables them, who you know, the controllers, to get inside people's heads with messages. And mm-hmm. so some of these messages coming through supposedly from, mm-hmm. you know, Archangel Michael or, you know, um, Ascended Masters or whoever isn't. It's actually the controllers down here putting right. these messages into random psychics' heads. Right. Um, and this is the reason why there's been a number of psychic um, predictions of, you know, mass landings of UFOs and, um, oh, the planet Nibiru was going to crash into Earth in, you know, the early 2000s. And, of course, none of them happened. No. And what they were was actually messages coming through from the negative group, putting right. out these fear-mongering messages through random psychics who thought, that genuinely thought they were getting get from a higher being. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't from a higher being. It was from this group down here. Right. Well, the uh, the idea of voice to skull technologies is, has started to show up on the internet. Mm, yes. So yes. people are becoming aware that the voices in their head or in some people's heads are not their voices or not the voices that they pretend to be. Yes. Especially yes. if they're of a negative nature. Exactly. Anything exactly. that's negative that uh, uh, is doom and gloom and uh, Armageddon-like is not authentic. It is a uh, form of mind control that's being used to uh, just scare the bejesus out of us so that we lose our way and get uh, oh, imbalanced. Absolutely, for sure. Um, I'm not saying that all channeling is like this. I mean, there is genuine right, channeling right. coming through, but genuine channeling, like the higher beings who are doing genuine channeling, realize that we create our own reality through the mm-hmm. way we think. So therefore, there's no way they are ever going to seed a negative thought into a person's mind, or mm-hmm, to criticise mm-hmm. one group against another. You know, oh, these ones are bad, or those ones All are right. bad. You know, the higher channels don't do that. You know, right, right. Um, now, with this latest message, um, uh, of course, light beings uh, and light workers and people who are maybe don't use the label, but are in essence doing the same work. Uh, yeah. We'll probably know how to manifest what was requested. Um, did they may have any suggestions, or do you have any suggestions on uh, any of the details of it, or sh- should we just? Uh, um, I, I take it you might want to put a message out, something to the effect as to sending the message out 
and letting it, you know, dissipate into the various places where it needs to be? Yeah, um, the, the message that is always put across to help people to understand this, because, see, a lot of people, you know, when, when we say, oh, you've got to, you know, you've got to tune into love, don't tune into fear, um, and people say, oh, but, you know, I'm in a situation where I just can't, you know, you talk about free will, but, oh, there's no free will down here, we're, we're all being brainwashed. But there actually is free will, but what it is is it's the feeling in your deepest heart. You don't have to... Um, let people know how you're feeling, but just keeping that positivity in your own in your own heart and mind is really mm -hmm. important. Right. Um, re realizing too, one of the things that one of the grey teachers always used to say to us, he used to say, there are no accidents. Everything that happens has a higher purpose. Even the most negative seeming thing, there is spiritual lessons, you know, buried mm -hmm. within it. And right. I think if people can keep that in mind, the other advice I always give to people is to do some sort of spiritual practice because spiritual practice, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's meditation, Reiki, yoga, Tai Chi, prayer. Prayer is, is um, a wonderful spiritual practice. Prayer is listening, uh, is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. That was, again, one, what one of the teachers told us. By doing a spiritual practice, you keep your energy frequency on a high level, and that's your protection, mm -hmm. keeping the energy high, because it's when we allow our energy frequencies to drop down is when we become vulnerable to attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only trouble I have with prayer is that I, I'm aware of the fact that there are uh, numerous uh, interloper interloper gods or intermediary gods that uh, usually can intercept the prayers of uh, individuals and so when you're praying to God you're not sure which one you're praying to I mean if the intention is to pray to the highest of the high um, then you know that's about all you can do but um, yeah well intention is really the, the key to it yeah yeah you know, it's the intention. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, you know, the, all, the the energy is out there. I mean, again, people think of God as an old man up on the cloud, but he's yeah. not. God is an energy, a very yeah. high frequency energy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I, I keep going to back to this energy and vibrational frequencies, but this is the key to understanding the whole thing. The universe is energy, nothing more, nothing less. It's all energy, mm -hmm. and everything in the universe is energy. Um, and so your protection is keeping your energy frequency at as high a level as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Now, you know when you're doing that, whatever you're doing, when you, whether you're you know, praying or meditating or whatever, you know when your energy frequency is at a high rate because you really feel good when you're doing it. You feel mm -hmm. lovely. You, you know, you're, you're just about buzzing. Um, that's what the effect that you're looking for. And if you can feel that, you know you're on the right vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, there are numerous purposes for the Zetas uh, communicating with individuals and and with uh, the rest of us through you and other people, and yet there's a, a larger, uh, bigger picture that uh, they're uh, working towards, isn't there? It, uh, it has to do with the, uh, the shift that's uh, arriving. 
Yes, yes. The, the shift that, that has been spoken about for so many years at the Hobby mm. and the Mayan um, prophecies talk about the shift from fourth world to fifth world consciousness. Yeah, right. This is what ev everyone out there is working towards. But the thing is, is um, we're, we're coming to the end or we are in the process of ending one cycle and going into another one. And so this is where the opportunity is open for um, humanity to step up and evolve up to the next level um so that's why there's so many ets coming here and taking people up onto ships and things because a lot of this is to do with um activation of more dna mm. because as we evolve the, the process of human evolution is to do with being able to access more expanded conscious awareness now we can only do this by having more of our dna activated because the two are intrinsically linked the amount of dna activated um, controls the amount of consciousness that you can access. And so this is why there's so much ET contact going on now, people being taken up on the ships to have their DNA, um, you know, repaired and expanded. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what it's all about. So it can be repaired and it can be expanded. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they've been uh, playing with DNA for thousands of years, so I would think <laughs> that they could... Make some adjustments to uh, bring us up to speed if that was necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Rodwell talks about this um, researcher, Mary Rodwell, the Australian. Um, oh, yes, I've had her uh, yeah, on the show a few times. Yeah, I love in, her. in her book, The New Humans, Mary uh -huh. and I are good friends. She's a lovely lady. Oh, yeah. Um, and she talks about how scientists are, are starting to discover more and more of these. Um, children, the star children, who are actually starting to develop a third strand of DNA. Oh, yes. Oh, um, yes. So, yeah, there's a lot happening there. And like that many, many that are coming in remember their incarnations previously, and some of them are so advanced that they can't even... Uh, <laughs> one kid told Mary, she asked him what he did, and he said, oh, Mary, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it was really advanced, and he's about 12 years old, you know, but he remembers, and um, so they're here to do something, uh, a job, or, a, you know, to create something new, and what really struck me out of all of Mary's writing was, and she said this, not I, was that why would so many of these kids incarnate on a planet that was doomed to failure? They wouldn't. Yes. They they're coming in because they are here to change it and raise it up and be the ones to help create the new world. And so if they're coming in knowingly, they're not coming into a planet that's going to be uh, experiencing Armageddon. Exactly, exactly. Hey, that's very, very well said. What a great point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it, it's... what. what Again, what people don't understand is planet Earth is, is it's a valuable part of the universe. You know, it might be a little planet on the edge of the Milky Way galaxy, but every single aspect of the whole universe and multiverse is so important. And none of the off-planet people want to ever lose any part of that. I mean, you know, we're all one. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. That's the thing. Um, and if one part's lost, then it affects the whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll do what they need to do to stop these things happening and to help people. Uh, that's really wonderful because, as we know, the darker side uh, has no qualms about eliminating and destroying life. 
in any form. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's and, and the other the other thing is really also so important for people to understand. Um, yes, people do die in shootings and wars and things, but reincarnation they all get a chance to come back now what could be the case with these people who die under these circumstances um they may want to come back and you know with more understanding because you know they can go over there and do studies and things and come back here with more understanding and they will be part of this new um, um you know wave of star people coming in mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the thing. Death down here is, is made out to be such a tragic end. It's not. You know, death is simply a transition. And if you need to reincarnate, you do. You know, make no mistake about it. Um, no. So no. they may be choosing to transition so they can come back, you know, with a fresh start. I have heard that um, the whole reincarnation game has been uh, skewed a bit and that uh, Earth has been kind of a... A, in a sense, a prison planet in that uh, departing souls are encouraged to uh, reincarnate and keep coming back and keep coming back uh, in order to be uh, used as a food and for you know for the next <laughs> period of time, you know, and that yeah. there are very few that actually get to transition off. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I know. Yes, I, I think I know the book that that is uh, <laughs> comes out of that idea um it, it's sort of in a way but not really again this is a bit of fear-mongering okay. um yeah um the okay it can happen person can get pulled back because you know they've been dumbed down and, and they, they create their own reality when they die and yes they can mm. get pulled back down here um but as soon as they start to awaken and think, hey, come on, there's got to be more than this, <laughs> then, you know, help, help is provided and, okay. and they are assisted. Um, at the same time, we have to reincarnate over and over again because that's the only way that we can evolve by, you know, having physical life experiences. You know, they're very important to, to be able to have. They assist in our evolution. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Well, uh, yes, it's, I mean, clearly... You know, there's so many people like you and uh, Sherry Wilde and oh, you could rattle off dozens of names. Yeah. And yet, you know, in relation to the general public, it's a very small group. Uh, it's yes. getting bigger. But, yeah. uh, you know, w it would be nice if more of us were ready for that, <clears throat> for that kind of leap or jump. And yeah. yet, <clears throat> in reading the books, I can see where... Uh, choosing that path prior to incarnating <clears throat> is difficult because of so much fear. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's just terrifying. And I, you know, when I read about yours or Sherry's or another person's experiences, there's absolute sheer terror in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, I, I actually chose that um, as, a, as a pre birth choice. I chose mm. to undergo the fear so that I could understand it from the human perspective. Mm. Um, so now when I, when I hear about others going through fear, I totally understand. Um, and the other point is there are fake ET abduction, you know, the right. labs, the military abductions going on, which are right. pretty horrible. Yeah, even um, worse. So, yeah, if someone's undergoing them, yeah, they, of course they would be scared. That's understandable. Oh, absolutely. And and we don't know how large that program is because it could affect uh, it could affect uh, politicians that are uh, vital in certain areas and 
Uh, oh, exactly, exactly. Um, there was a very, very famous um, abduction case going back many years ago with, um, I'm trying to think of his name, um, Xavier Perez de Quilla, I think his name was. He was a Secretary Gen General of the United Nations mm. and he was subjected to what they thought was a genuine abduction by greys and he was threatened during this abduction. Apparently he was he was organising a meeting of people coming together, you know, high up people, um, to plan disclosure mm -hmm. and he was told during the abduction that if he went ahead with this he would be killed and some of these other people would be killed and it turned out in the end that it wasn't a genuine ET abduction, it was a MyLab, a MyLab one, military mm -hmm. abduction, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, very, very cleverly disguised as a real one. Wow. Um, so yeah, and that caused, of course, a huge amount of fear with him and he backed right away and, and you know, nothing was done. Um, but there's no way that genuine ETs would ever threaten anyone's life or anything like that. There's no way. It's right. so sad. Mm -hmm. Right. So if there is something said like that, most yeah. likely that's a clue that you're 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 going down the wrong path here. You know, this yeah, is a right. this is that's a stage play put on by the government. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. If there's any violence or you know threats right. or anything like that, right. um, or people present in military uniforms, and you know, I would always suspect that. Um, and it seems to be that when people wake up to the fact that yeah, this is fake, it seems to be that they they then have the empowerment to to stop it happening. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, you know, one of the misconceptions that has been uh, kind of uh, developed around the greys is that they're because so many times um, their initial contacts are seem sterile and cold and they don't talk and they just kind of you know move you around at will and take you whenever they want mm. and um, what you found out was that well, the Zetas have an ability to love and so yeah. I was uh, wanting to I, I kind of wanted to get more clarity for everybody on you know their true nature and they also yeah. have humor um how does that manifest and uh uh can you tell us more about their why they have such a a uh, direct approach yeah well they they are very scientific in their approach that mm -hmm. is one thing um but the other thing is um they operate on a different energy frequency again i bring the energy thing in mm. now i can i can speak from a personal point of view here as a gray um i remember being up on the ship once trying to communicate with a human man who was absolutely terrified and i was doing my darndest to communicate i was but, but you know not verbally we can't communicate verbally when we're uh -huh. in that form we have to do it telepathically uh -huh. and i was literally shouting telepathically at him look please relax, I'm not going to hurt you, it's okay. <laughs> and I could not get through to him. Um, oh, wow. Couldn't get through the, the cocoon of fear that was surrounding him. Um, so there's a huge difficulty there. Um, the other thing is, is when we're up there, we have to control our emotion. Um, occasionally, I, I, I think it was Susie Hansen spoke about it once because she works up there as well as a grey, and she was working on a child, and she felt this wave of emotion come up over her, and she felt her eyes fill with tears. And one of the teachers, one of the, you know, her 
trainers came up and you know put his hand on a shoulder or something and he said control your emotion if you allow emotion to come into it your healing energy won't be as effective it'll be mm. channeled, you know, channeled off so mm. control your emotion so we get really strict um, um, teaching up there on this just the same as paramedics and police trainees and that down right. here do to right. control their emotions. So this is sometimes why the greys come across a little bit cold and robotic, because we've been trained to do that. Hmm. You know, there was an interesting uh, comment about uh, about the greys, and it uh, was, let me see if I can find him in my notes. Um, it was a book called The Explorer Race, and... Uh, huh? It was written by, uh, what was it written by? I'll, I'll find it in a moment. But the essence of it was, the upshot was that in the Explorer race, he's talking to, um, to a Zeta called Zeus. And apparently, according to this story, the uh, Greys are us in the future. And they had cloned out their emotional body because they felt that that was the source of all the problems of, you know, humans uh wars and fights and everything else and so over time they cloned out the emotions and of course the emotional body is the connection to the spirit and so um as, according to the, his theory uh they started to uh, have less years of life their hundreds and hundreds of years of life began to decrease and they learned that it was due to the having cloned out the spiritual body or the emotional body and um, so they had to return to uh, their source to find out, you know, how that happened and how they could regain it, and that that was one of the reasons for the hybrid programs before the shift, so that the Zetas would have um, would be able to pass through the shift into the next creation uh, at, with an emotional body, if they were able to create one with humans. Okay, yes, that's basically correct. There's a few things that they I don't quite agree with, um, okay. but at the same time, it's a very, very complex thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is a group of greys that this happened to, but they were actually a group who were created down here. So they're not a future generation of us, but they oh. are a future generation of an Earth human species. Oh. That I talk about I talk about this in my book. Um, it was a very one of the very, very first species, human species created on Earth. There's been about six Genesis events down here. And one of the first ones, were, were, was an insectoid species that are referred to as the ant people. And the ant people are actually um, spoken of in the Mahabharata, uh, oh. an ancient um, Indian text. Yeah, and they were a race that was created down here by older grey gray races. Now, when I, when I talk about greys, I just use that term to differentiate insectoid humans as opposed mm -hmm. to others, you know, reptilian humans, mammalian humans or whatever. The greys mm -hmm. are insectoid humans and the zetas are a race of greys. It's it's like um, you could say, you know, like I'm Australian but I'm <laughs> a race of earth human. Mm -hmm. the, the zetas are a race of greys, so they're part of the grey culture. And this is exactly what happened with the ant people. Um, they got themselves into a situation very, very similar to what's happening on Earth today with warring factions going on and overpopulation, etc., etc. And that's exactly what they did. They turned off their emotional body 
and suffered for it and had mm. to. And part of the hybrid program now that higher evolved greys are carrying out is trying to heal some of these ant people who are closely related to them oh. to, to assist them back onto the path again. And so it's like there's an exchange of genetics going on. Um, greys putting their genetics into Earth humans to cool and calm the Earth human emotion to stop all the warring and that down here. But at the same time, taking some of the human genetics to assist the ant people to regain their emotional body. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, it's very, very complex. Yes, that sounds like a tricky wicket. <laughs> <laughs> And, and see, some of these ant people who, who well, they're greys, you know, they're part of the grey culture, some mm -hmm. of them are assisting the older greys. And so, yes, some of them can come across a bit sort of robotic and um, not quite as clued, clued in on oh, <laughs> the older greys. Because sometimes um, one of them will do something that can accidentally hurt a person and the older grey will step in and, and you know, stop, stop them and... Um, take over from them, sort of. Mm. I always remember this actually happened to um, Kira, my, my co-author, Helene's daughter, Kira, who was having a lot of conscious, very conscious, very physical contact. And one night in her room, one of the little greys, obviously one of these ones, came in to give her healing and just thoughtlessly went straight for her throat. Poor, of course, poor Kira screamed her head off, thinking she was going to be strangled. <laughs> and her tall grey teacher, Orist, came in and, and took over and sort of sent the other little one away and, and or, or, you know, made him back off and said, no, no, look, that's not the way to do it. Do it like this. And he just very gently came in and placed his hands where it was needed. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they, they are in a learn, on a learning curve, some of those younger greys. <laughs> mm, interesting. Uh, but they look kind of similar to greys but smaller? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. they're, they're, they're the little greys. Um, okay, yeah, the tiny yeah. ones, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, the tall ones that tend to be more in charge. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Especially yeah. the tallest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, see, again, again, you know, this perception that they don't have emotion, none of the greys have emotion, because they're insectoids. The facial structure's different. They don't have the muscle structure in their face that Earth right. humans do. So they can't express emotion physically. Right. Um, and that makes it hard, too. Uh, it's not that they don't feel emotion. They do. Like, as a grey, I know I'm just as emotional as I am down here, no, no different, but I can't express it. Mm. How do they express or experience love and humour? Oh, very, very deeply. Very mm. much so. Um, but it's an inner feeling. It's not so much, you know, you can't go and laugh your head off on me <laughs> because we just don't have the, the physical body to be able to do it. Um, but the humour up there, again, I go back to it's a little bit like the paramedics who do real heavy type ambulance work and that oh, down yeah. here. Um, yeah. We use black humour a lot, or maybe I should say grey humour in our work up there <laughs> right. quite a, quite yeah, a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, we, we tell jokes on the job and all sorts of things like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet they have some interesting talks in the the coffee room, like substitute whatever they drink for coffee. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, on, on the subject of humor, I always remember a joke. My great teacher, Maris, told me once, it was so funny. Helene mm. and I were running an um, encounter group 
and we had a number of people coming along to us once a month or so, and they'd put questions to us, and I'd write the questions down um, and then get onto the computer and, and answer them, you know, type out, type out the answers so that, you know, they could take them away with them. Mm. And one, one of the people in this group was right into galactic warfare and all this stuff. And he wrote out this great long question about, you know, what was this going on and that, um, or real heavy sort of stuff. And I found this question when I was going through them on the computer and I was sitting here reading this about galactic warfare. And um, I was thinking, I said to myself, oh, boy, this is a bit of a worry. <laughs> the next second, Maris, my great teacher, was standing behind me because he was helping me with the answers. And he said to me, you think that's a worry, he says. Do you want to know what a real worry is? And I could sense a joke coming up, saying, yeah. okay, Morris, what's a real worry? And he said, a real worry is being taken on board an ET spaceship and finding a copy of An Idiot's Guide to the Universe open on the control panel. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke up. Oh, that so funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Very good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. But we also I... have some great parties up there, too. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, the, the Greys know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, it's just, it's lovely. You know, everybody coming together. Um, there's Everyone up there understands oneness so much more than down here. Right. Um, and we just sort of, you know, merge our, in, uh, our energies right. together and, it, you know, just come together and not just graze, you know, people, all the different ones, Pleiadians, Syrians, everyone's working together up there. And we just every so often get together for a bit of a, a, a celebration. You know, it's, it's nice. Wonderful. <laughs> it gives everyone a break. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, you mentioned the Pleiadians and the Syrians. Uh, what are some of the other uh, races that join you in, in some of these uh, uh, gatherings? Oh, my goodness. Well, some of the reptilian races from out there, I mean, people make out the reptilians all to be negative, and they're not. No, the majority no. of reptilian people are lovely, lovely people, and including draconians. Um, they're the real protectors of the universe. Um, we often take them with us when we go on missions if, if we think we're going to need protection. Oh, wow. um, I, Yeah, I, I actually know, um, vaguely know somebody down here who's a, um, a reptilian hybrid and um, she was in the police force and she's now got into animal rescue. That's oh, the nice. sort of thing they do. Yeah. Wow. yeah, they're very, very caring guardian type people, very strong people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so reptilians, yeah, I, I like them. <laughs> Some nice reptilian friends. I probably would too. <laughs> uh, and the mantids, are they around at all? Oh, they're wonderful, yeah. they. I don't work with them that much, but Helene, my co-author, does, and another friend of ours works very much with the mantids. They're, they're absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. They've actually sent through some healing techniques to, for Helene to use. Oh, wow. um, they haven't taught me, but they taught her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to, to um, use with her Reiki, and, oh, boy, she's having some amazing success with them. Their, their energy is just brilliant. Very, very old. Oh yes, yes. I had a dream once about being in a ship, uh, a, a kind of a anteroom where the 
there were a group of different creatures, uh, uh, you know, on the ship, all right. put together. And I was sitting next to a mantid, and uh, I remember we were communicating telepathically, and I, I just felt in, incredible intelligence, and uh, uh, like a like a feeling of love. And yeah. I was just extremely attracted to this uh, mantid person, and I felt like they were very high beings. I, I really never forgot that. And oddly enough, occasionally there will be, uh, you know, maybe once a year or something, there will be five or six praying mantises in the house, a few on the ceiling, some in the curtains, and some, you know, elsewhere. And I'll just, I just welcome them with open arms and talk to them and I leave them alone for a little while and if they need to go outside I help them out but they're just beautiful creatures I've always I've always loved them oh they're, they're just lovely yeah mm -hmm. Helene's the same and our other friend yeah they, they get the mantids in their house all the time they're always taking <laughs> photos of them and sending them to me <laughs> <laughs> now what about Arcturians they've been mentioned in the past do they make them Arcturians Arcturians, yes, yes, yes. There's actually a race of greys from there, um, ah. the blue-grey Arcturians. Ah. Yeah, we've had a connection with them. Yeah, they look they look like greys except they're a little bit more blue in colouring. Mm, pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're also very highly evolved beings. And, of course, the Zetas, you know, they're right up there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a number there any, of races At the top there. of the uh, heap <laughs> as far as their um, knowledge and and uh, uh, ability to care and uh, be of service to others? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Again, they, you know, they're the scientists of the universe. All the greys tend to, towards that sort of work. They love scientific work. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had a, my sibling in our, my immediate past life was a blue grey Arcturian, and we used to do a lot of um, like uh, e no, working with ecosystems, that sort mm -hmm. of work. Um, adopt, adapting species to new planetary environments. So say, for example, you've got a species down here that becomes extinct. We have a huge bank of DNA. This is why the greys are collecting so much DNA from all over the universe. Mm -hmm. And so if, if a um, species becomes extinct on one planet, they can be started up on another planet. And sometimes they have to be adapted slightly if, if we can't get the exact environment. So, yeah, I remember doing that and traveling around a lot, collecting um, specimens and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Love that work. Wow. Well, there, <clears throat> there's another book I read by Jim Sparks, who wrote a book called The Keepers. Yeah. And um, according to he he was aware of his abductions, and I guess he fought them for a number of years, but eventually he learned how to uh, use them wisely and uh, in that the final chapter, he and a number of other abductees were brought into a large ship, and there were television screens or, you know, that kind of thing all over for each person. And they were shown pictures of our planet as beautiful and flourishing. And then the pictures got increasingly ugly, and that came from uh, what we were doing to it. And apparently, according to him, of this particular group of graves was concerned about what we were doing to the planet, and they were trying to empower us to change course because yeah. our present path could lead to the, you know, the destruction of our planet, even though yeah. 
uh, the planet might have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's capable of uh, throwing uh, throwing us off like fleas if she wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I felt that was very heart, uh, that was heartwarming to to consider that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they are the planetary scientists and environmentalists, the grave, mm-hmm. and this, mm-hmm. this is why they're so concerned when they see a planet being treated like planet Earth is they, yes. they step in and try, try to change um, things from the inside. That's why ones like myself and others down here are here. Um, because, you know, we, we, we're not allowed to interfere per se ourselves, but we can um, help humans to open up so that they can do the work themselves. They've really mm. got it. That's the way it's got to be. We can't just come in and wave a magic wand. People have to do it themselves. Right, um, right. Because, like, if, if, even if we came in and waved a magic wand and healed the earth, the trouble is, is humans create their own reality through the way they think. So if they continue to think yes. with fear, they'll ruin yes. the whole thing again. Yes, so exactly. It's their back. mindset. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think it's uh, the human somebody, mindset that has to be healed. And mindset changed. has to be healed, yes. Uh, somebody once said that uh, Nibiru, uh, which pops up periodically in the in the news and this and that, that it's going to crash into Earth or whatever, um, it keeps coming around only because people start get triggered to think about it. And they yeah, literally yeah. create... <laughs> Yeah, again, again, I talk about this in, in my extraterrestrial presence on Earth book. This Nibiru thing actually happened yes. millennia, billions of years ago. Yes. It's a past event. Past, yes. It's past. Um, what's, what is approaching Earth is the photon belt, and I think that a lot of people have misinterpreted that, that it's this Nibiru thing coming. It's not. Mm. Um, it's the photon belt. And, and it's a wave of energy. That, and I think that actually this wave of energy is what the Greys spoke about in that message that I read out before. It's mm. this wave of energy, and it's a high energy that's approaching Earth that well, we have to try and, you know, assist. Um, yes. Nibiru is, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not happening. It's, no, it's a fear no, 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 no. thing. You know? Forget about Nibiru. But this yeah, forget about belt, Nibiru. <laughs> <laughs> this Volton Belt thing has me... Um, kind of interested because there was a Star Trek uh, movie with James Kirk in it and uh, it was um, I can't remember exactly what the entire plot was but there was a scientist that was on board who was trying to maneuver the planet or the um, a device near uh, the certain planet so that it could he was going to destroy the whole planet in order to make the wave Shift the shift the direction of the wave, and have it go on his planet. And the reason why is because once the wave hits, it, everything you desire, everything you think, comes true. And so that happened. Uh, the wave did come through, and uh, Kirk was back with his wife and children, and they were having Christmas, and you know. Uh, but I mean, it was a real, real wave, and. I remember when I was in an altered state once, and I had, I was laying down, and there was a wave that I could see through my third eye that was coming from the distance, and I could see it as a wave. And I thought, uh-oh. And when it hit uh, the t- top of my head, my body stretched out like a, uh, like a piece of confetti or a piece of uh, 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 something stretchy, 
and then rubber band. Your rubber band, and then it went yeah. up uh, like a glass. It's painted glass, and then I passed out. And <laughs> according to uh, Barbara Han Clow, when you go through a black hole, you go feet first, and you you come through on the other side. You stretch out like a you know taffy, and then mm. you you come through it, and you're in another universe. And so all of these things are very similar. And is it possible that 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 wave is the thing that we're talking about as the shift that will yeah. that we are preparing for? Oh yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so mean, it's, it's a wave, a very high energy frequency. Yeah, very high energy wave. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems to be very. It's conscious, and it's very loving. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's pure God energy. Um, yeah. You know, that's what God is. It's a, a, yes. the energy of love, the highest energy of love. Yes. Well, when I was, having, when I was uh, taken out of body, my friend who was in the room with me, he experienced the same, uh, something similar, only he was, uh, saw, had a conversation with God, and he saw him, like, behind the scenes or up close. Right. And uh, it was an amazing experience, but I, you know, there's no, we're running out of time, and I don't want to be the one to end the show. <laughs> I want you to end it with, you know, telling us where your website is and, you know, um, where you, where we can find your books and so on and so forth. Yep, yep. Look, website is ufograyinfo.com, gray spelt with an E. They can get my books off Amazon. Um, they can also Google my name, Judy Carroll, and all sorts of information will come up. We've also got YouTube channels, the Zeta Message, um, and that's on our website. If people want to go into the website, it's on the links page. Wonderful. And, you know, disclosure is happening now. You're doing it. Other people are doing it through their writing. So, you know, there's this big uh, imaginary thing about disclosure in relation to the government, but you're doing it <laughs> right now on the radio. <laughs> Exactly. So if people want to <laughs> it's be all this, happening. Yeah, it's all happening. So if you want to learn more, buy these books, uh, find out who the people are who are having these communications, and you can disclose to yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't have to wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Judy. I had a wonderful talk with talk with oh, you today. Been, and I plan on another Lance. one. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, uh, much good luck in your work uh, over the next thousand years <laughs> let's hope it doesn't take that long I know you've got some good all good interviews coming up in the oh, future oh yes thanks to you <laughs> <laughs> alright thanks so much Judy I love you ok bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs>